This interview is brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. You can check out the full episode at LickinOnLending.com. Let's get on with the podcast and start off with the MBA Mortgage Minute with Rob Van Rapphorst and this week's MBA view of what's happening. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled that the director of the CFPB could be removed by the President of the United States at will. However, the court left intact the rest of the statute that created the agency. NBA President and CEO Bob Brooksman released a statement saying it believed that severing the provisions related to the independence of the CFPB's director was the appropriate remedy if the court found the Bureau's structure to be unconstitutional. Also last week, CFPB released two notices of proposed rulemaking with changes to the QM rule and extension of the GSE patch. In the first NPR, the Bureau proposed significant changes to the general QM loan definition. This included replacing the existing 43% debt-to-income ratio threshold in favor of a loan pricing threshold based on the difference between a loan's annual percentage rate and the average prime offer rate at the time the rate is set for a comparable transaction. The second MPR would extend the GSC patch's expiration date to the effective date for a final rule of the first MPR, allowing the GSC patch to continue until the revisions to the general QM standard are fully implemented. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Appreciate the MBA and uh, all that they do for our industry. We talk about it regularly, but if you're not a member of the Mortgage Action Alliance, you need to sign up for that, and you can do so at the MBA website, Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of the MBA, and it allows you to have your voice heard on Capitol Hill. So let's go over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight, a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Oh, race, who's a rebel just for kicks now? See them kick it like it's 2006 now. Might be over now, but they feel it still. Since 2006, the 10-year yield dropped over 450 basis points. The Fed tries to stop yields from falling, but notes feel it still. Everything depends on the perception of recovery. How determine our cities, states, and countries to stay open and expand business despite the rise in COVID-19 cases? Hospitalizations matter. Jobs matter. Without the massive Fed intervention, credit spreads widen and Treasury yields drop. The Fed might control rates now, but rates feel it still. These views are my own. Go to TMSpotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Thank you, Les Barker, for the TM Spotlight. Matt Graham's here with us with the mortgage rate update. Matt is CEO and founder of MBS Live. He's the newest contributor to our podcast. He's doing a great job, Matt. So good to have you here. I'm back on your website again. I just got to brag before you give your report. Folks, this is consolidated everything. Take a look at this for a few dollars a month. You can be signed up and using this, and you have exactly what's going on live in the markets. And it's got so many features. And so I have become a big fan of both Matt Graham as well as his website and his service. So check it out, folks, mbslive.net. And then put in LOL, and you'll get extended, double the free time to look at the website. Check it out. Yeah. So markets and mortgage rates and everything, things have slowed down a little bit, but in a good way over the past couple of weeks and uh, not a good way for coronavirus numbers, but that has translated to good things for mortgage rates at least. And uh, many lenders were down to their all-time lows by the end of last week. We're continuing to see that meaning vastly different things depending on 
your lender, some originators see what others are quoting and happen to be a bit frustrated by that. So everybody should know there is still quite a wide variety between lenders, sometimes as much as a quarter to three-eighths of a point. And that's going to be a way of life, I think, for a, a little while longer as the secondary mortgage market sorts out the crazy, unprecedented volatility created by the coronavirus reality. Les hit on a bunch of good points in his quick little hit there. And that simply put is that markets are very much tied to what is going to happen with this potential second wave of uh, coronavirus cases. And it's important to know that we always hear this counterpoint of, yeah, but we're doing a bunch more testing. So that's why cases are rising. And in some cases, I think that's true, no pun intended. But the market is also looking at positive case count percentages and hospitalizations. And I like that Les said hospitalizations matter because they do. And the better counterpoint at this point is instead to focus on the differences between states like Texas and California and states like New York and New Jersey. So they are at two completely different places on their curves, respectively. And the biggest concern would be if a state like New York or New Jersey were to have a second wave, because arguably in California, Texas, Arizona, Florida, these are more like first waves or delayed first waves. And I think that's why the market hasn't really panicked as much as it might have if it seemed like this stuff was really going to shut things down. But you are seeing markets trade that stuff out. And by trade that stuff out, I mean they're somewhere between their exuberance of early June when stocks were very high and bond yields were spiking, and they're not as low as they have been. Of course, stocks aren't as low as they were back in March, but bond yields haven't made it back to mid-April lows. So if bond yields haven't made it back to mid-April lows, why are mortgage rates at all-time lows? Mortgage rates didn't follow bond yields down as quickly or in lockstep during the initial coronavirus panic. We've talked about that a few times, but it bears repeating in case people are wondering why that is. And that left mortgage rates with a margin, with a bit of a cushion to outperform treasuries. And it's important to know that that cushion is getting smaller and smaller back almost to a, historic, a historical range. And that is going to decrease the ability of the mortgage market to outperform going forward. So if financial markets find a reason for treasury yields to rise, now we're looking at that classic scenario that is in effect 95% of the time where mortgage rates would be following treasury yields in general. On the interesting data front, existing home sales kind of tanked last month, but it's not as much yeah. of an advanced indicator as pending home sales, which absolutely right. crushed it just this morning, 44% higher and in the past range. So for those who don't know, pending home sales measure contract signings and existing home sales are actual finalized sales. So pending sales might come out a week later in the data cycle, but it's speaking to forward looking. Yeah. So pending home sales look good. New home sales look really good. And building permits, as we talked about last week, look fine. Builder confidence is fine. So I think to whatever extent quarantine measures allow people to get back to work, they want to get back to work, they want to buy homes, they want to refi homes. Refi numbers were down just slightly, but still very, very high. 
compared to where they were. We're still refi boom territory and still near the highest purchase applications weekly in 11 and a half years. So really just waiting to find out if there is going to be a bona fide second wave or if we are just sort of feeling out the extent to which states can ramp up their economic reopenings, trying to find that magic balance point between public health and the country's economic health, both of which are important. There's some great information on your website. One of the ones I'm looking at right now is the market summary. And I'm looking at the ceiling floor meter. That is just overwhelming. And then I always keeping an eye on what live news streams are there. You have a partnership with CNBC, which I think is so awesome, mbslive.net, and you'll be able to get the latest news as it's happening. I just love your website. It's one of those things where just the closer you look, the more you spend time on it, the more you find yourself just staring at it. So you've got <laughs> great technology and great tools all the way around. I just love it. How much, Dave? Yeah, if you want to learn more about Matt, go back and listen to last week's podcast. Matt was on, and we got the chance to let our listeners get to know this guy. Uh, you won't be disappointed. He's got a great sense of humor, great product, and we're thrilled to have him be a part of a regular part of the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. We've got Alan Pollock here with us with the update. But before we run over to Alan, let's get over and talk about Finastra, their Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. They've got a great tool. They've got over 1,400 clients that are using this. It's really an amazing product. Again, it's got a point of sale feature that is really strong, and I encourage you to check it out. Go ahead over to Finastra, F-I-N-A-S-T-R-A.com. Appreciate you being here with us and listening. Alan, good to have you here, friend. What you got? Uh, good to be here as always. So a couple great things today. We're going to be talking about some awesome technology <laughs> along with it'll cycle in with chat box and chatting and conversational AI, all that fun stuff. So we missed this on Father's Day, but there's so much out there about chatbots, David. I thought we'd start off with this fatherly. So we're going back two weeks now. Fatherly released, they call the dad bot. And it does dad jokes. So if you need dad jokes, uh, of course, they're for the smaller crowd. Uh, you can hear things like, need an arc? I know a, a guy. Or what did one ocean <laughs> say to the other? Nothing. They just wave. Being able to have your chat bot have humor is very important. Check it out, fatherly.com, and they've got some funny ones. All right, David, Good. some great stuff in the news. Uh, first, Roostify has engaged factual data to provide access to consumer credit. So what's kind of interesting on this is credit running up front in the process is so important because you're able to understand more about the scenario. And on our point of sale platforms, you can actually run rules and process experience based on that. So really important if you use Roostify that you check that out or you engage that. Second is our good friends over at Mortgage Coach and HomeBot. So HomeBot is a new integration that Mortgage Coach has. HomeBot's not new, by the way, to our industry. If you check out their website, they've got a lot of great partnerships. They just announced an integration that allows you to easily generate refinances from your past client database. And so we've heard a lot of people talk about this, right? The ability to go back and data mine the yep. data you already have, right? And in all industries, right? Cross sales, really important. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later today as well. Well, the fact that you can go back and look for prepayment and look for other types of scenarios where you can help your borrowers and then provide the total cost analysis that Mortgage Coach provides is really a big deal. They actually have a webinar coming up that if it hasn't already happened, you can register. Otherwise, you can view it. Uh, it's called uh, Deep Dive Homebot and Mortgage Coach. You want to check that out. 
and an unofficial shout out to Mortgage Coach. Just what those guys are doing is great. So there's a lot of stuff in the news going on at Mortgage Coach. You want to check it out. Company I work for, Open Close, just did a big integration with Radian. So if you use Open Close, you want to check that out. David, this one is near and dear to one thing I really like, which is ServiceLink and their Exos platform. You remember I've talked about that quite a yeah. bit. Well, they just unveiled new technology, which allows you as the home buyer to be able to snap pictures, again, geolocation and all that fun stuff. That just makes it a lot easier. It supports home equity lending. It supports even like loss made and loan mods and in, in areas where you don't need a full appraisal that the borrower can actually go and snap those. So you want to check that out. We all saw in the news, this is new, David, CoreLogic, they got an unsolicited takeover bid from Kinney and Senator Investments. And today, those two organizations already own a certain percentage of CoreLogic. They offered $65 a share. So get this, what they basically say is they believe the company will not achieve its full potential under its current strategic plan and therefore believe the proposed transaction is in its best interest of the company and its stakeholders. And they're saying that they're giving it a premium that is greater than the 26% share price appreciation that it took the company the last five years to accomplish. Now, I find this very unique being from the outside because one is CoreLogic has done a lot of great acquisitions and they've got the Mercury platform. Mercury has all mm-hmm. kinds of valuation platforms. And so there's always something going on in another angle or another door that opens. I guess this would mean all great things to continue to enhance and expand for CoreLogic. Good news on that front. David, we love the Stratmore report. Stratmore does some fantastic stuff. Their 2020 technology insight study is now out. You want to get in touch with them. You want to have it. You want to fill it out. Really important that your opinion helps drive our industry. I know a lot of people do participate in that, so you want to check that out. Very interesting, David. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence today. And I wanted to just bring up a couple quick topics that will lead into that, and then we'll call it uh, a day for my segment. The financial brand just had a great article. They call it Chatbots to the Rescue, How Conversational AI Will Save Call Centers. And what they basically talk about is that when the coronavirus pandemic led to widespread branch closures and and restrictions, how a chatbot and different types of AI help really enhance the experience and and expand what they can do for customers and and eliminate phone calls and do different things like that. So you want to check that out. But also, these are some of the topics in the news today. This is how important chatbots are becoming. The rise of AI and chatbots, uh, sweet talking, how chatbots help banks become smarter, how chatbots are setting a new milestone in the financial sector, are chatbots the new voice of banking? And by the way, David, important to mention, if to our tech vendor friends out there, if you have news or information that you want to share on Lickin' on Lending, give us, yes. a, give us a shout out. You can reach me, yeah. Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Perfect. Yeah. I love it when people share information, things that they're learning about. Good segment. By the way, I interviewed, in fact, who's going to be our guest next week is the president and CEO of Roostify. You mentioned it earlier. So we got Rajesh Bhatt coming on next week at Roostify. Thanks for being here. And let's move on over to Andy Shell, also known as Dr. Andy Shell, the Prophet Doctor. Dr. Doctor. Hi, Dave. I love that expression. How are you doing, Andy? Good to have you here. Um, thank you, Dave. Very, very well. I wanted to comment quickly on one of the things that Matt said, sort of extending into the market's reaction to the pandemic. So I've been following the spike in Texas. So a couple weeks ago, they opened up the bars. And what happened was, the 20-year-olds went to the bars and got infected. 
And so they shut the bars back down. There was a spike in hospitalizations. But as of today, positive tests are going down. And right now today, there are twice as many ventilators as there are patients. So there's room to expand, but let's not. But the lesson learned from this is 20-year-olds are reckless. Like, that's a surprise. <laughs> you were reckless at 20? Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, that's a shock. Frontal lobe doesn't develop till 25. Exactly right. So why would we expect an 18-year-old to make a good decision? So digital touch, digital communication, this actually extends into the digital presentation of financial statements. Now, we take this for granted. I mean, rarely do we get a piece of paper with a financial statement on it. Even in a digital format, financial statements, for most people, unless you're a CPA, are hard to read. And even if you are a CPA, the complexity of mortgage lending financial statements can be daunting. It can be really, really challenging. For those who aren't CPAs, financial statements, you know, they're presented in rows and columns of numbers. And this is known as a tabular data format. The fact that it's rows and columns of numbers is hard to understand. And I'm always perplexed by this. And actually, I'm studying this in my second doctorate. In this digital world that we live in, with all the digital capabilities and technology capabilities, why are we still producing financial statements that are just columns and rows? So good. There is definitely an accounting connection between the balance sheet, the income statement, and the statement and changes in financial positions. But that's the job of the accounting department. They should make sure that before they send stuff out, that it connects together. And the person that reads the financial statement shouldn't have to worry about if they're connected together like they're supposed to be. Also, there's among mortgage companies, there's a huge issue among intangible IRLC revenue that can be one of the most significant revenue items for a mortgage company. And it's highly distortive and difficult to understand. So let's change that. Let's just use the old adage, a picture speaks a thousand words and turn that into the graphic visualization of financial data brings clarity and confidence to the reader. So let's just think about it. How can we make this into a graph? So here's a couple of quick examples. Let's just create graphs of some of the financial information. And I think these graphs should be part of every financial statement package for every single mortgage company in the country. There's no reason why this can't be created. And I'd start simple. A simple bar graph of revenue in total and then revenue without the IRLC. And then next to that, put net income. That's it. Three bars on a graph. Total revenue, so good. revenue without the IRLC, and then net income. And you will be astounded. The line will be twice as big with the IRLC. It is such a huge impact. So I've done a lot of research, a lot of reading on this, and PhDs have proven that graphs are better than just numbers alone. That's not really so a true. question. The question is, why aren't they used more? I think it's likely that graphs will improve human interaction. We know that that's yep. going to be the case. Just as AI strives to create this digital connection, which I'm very interested to hear about next. So thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's good, Jim. Is the connection between something we know to be fact and taking action? It's underscored to smoking. There's so many studies that know you smoke, it increases your probability of lung cancer, you have all these respiratory issues, and yet you see people still smoking, especially when it comes to presentation of data. I am one of these guys that loves graphics. You and I both have dyslexia to a certain degree. And we look at how numbers go across a spreadsheet. And I love how you present numbers. And it's such an important point. So anyone on the financial side of the business looking at presenting numbers, get a hold of Andy Shell. He has got it down. I kind of helped train him a little bit. Andy, could you add some colors and rows and do this? Stuff? And so you did a masterful job when we were working together on a lot of those things. So appreciate it. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Andy. 
Looking forward Thanks, to having Dave. you participate in the Hot Topic segment. Get a hold of Andy Shell at Dr. Shell. It's all spelled out at mbs-team.com. Check out my website, drshell.com. Oh, yeah. I was over there looking at it. There's a lot of good information. Check it out, folks. Appreciate it. At this point, for those of you listening on a downloaded basis, you just want to move on to the next podcast because we're going to get into the Hot Topic segment. This will end this week's market update and all the news that's going on. But for you listening live, stay right here because we're going to get right in to the Hot Topic segment. Next week, folks, we've got coming back to the podcast, we've got Rajesh Bhatt, and uh, he is CEO and co-founder of Roostify. Really looking forward to We pre-recorded this conversation, and there was so much that we could have gone into. We had to pre-record it and edit it to get it just fitted into the time allotment, but I'm really excited to having uh, Rajesh here. You'll love the conversation. Again, very innovative insights into innovation that's happening into the industry, folks. We're so grateful that you took time to listen to this podcast. Share it with others, everyone. A special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the Community Lenders Association of America, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and so many more. Check them all out at our website, Lickin' on Lending. Appreciate you being here. Have a great week, everyone, and see you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.